Yeah, what's your mom's name again? Neshama of... Remind me. Aviva Bas Herschel should have an Aliyah. Neil, who's dear to all, dear to all of us. Neshama should have an Aliyah. The, in our rush of mitzvahs, we spoke this morning that we don't say Tachanun uh, because there's so much to do, so many mitzvahs to do, so many mitzvahs to prepare for. Uh, one of the mitzvahs is getting a lulav and esrog, right? And uh, really one demonstrates one's allegiance to the faith uh, in the purchase uh, of a lulav and esrog. Because when you look at the esrog, um, only a Jew would be crazy enough to spend that kind of money on a retarded lemon. I mean, that's basically what it is. Right? Uh, the only difference is that God said you got to take it. And uh, therefore, uh, it costs that much more money. You know, uh, Judaism, after the first two thousand, you know, everybody knows the famous joke, God asked all the nations of the world if they'll take the Torah. They all said no. He asked the Jewish people. They asked, how much does it cost? Free. So he says, free. He says, we'll take two. Everybody knows the joke. Uh, but that was the last free thing you ever got in Judaism. Uh, it definitely is one of the most expensive religions. Uh, on all levels. Uh, but th- that is one of the, our allegiance, that is one of the chukim in a certain sense. It's one of the, the absolute laws that God gave. Uh, and also it, it demonstrates our faith in the Misora. It demonstrates our faith in the tradition. Because if you look in the Torah, it never says the word Esrog. It doesn't say the word Torah, Esrog. You can, can keep going back and forth in the Torah. It doesn't say the word Esrog. It calls it Hadar. Right, Pirit Eitz Hadar. Hadar could mean anything. The Gemara discussed it. It could mean anything. Right? But we have a tradi- we have a misorah, we have a tradition uh, that it means an estrig, and that's really so you're demonstrating not only your allegiance to God, but you're also demonstrating your faith in the transmission from Moses all the way to ourselves today in what are these things? Right? What do they mean? And in fact, uh, this um, misorah extends itself not only to knowing what an esrog is, meaning saying that it's the citron, uh, but also we need a misorah in the authenticity of what the cit- that this citron is indeed a citron. Now that's unique uh, pretty much to the citron because the citron is a fruit that is very easily um, uh, grafted. It's very easily altered. And the reason why uh, you have it that it's altered. The reason why you find that it's altered is because a citron is a weak fruit. A lemon is a strong fruit. So they love to um, blend the fruits. Um, in fact, it's a fascinating study. Maybe one day we'll talk about it. Um, the, the, the idea of grafting and how it works with the Gemara. Um, right? Because when you graft a lemon... Uh, um, I'm sorry, if you graft a, a esrog branch onto a citron that's the base, okay, there is no way to know that that was done. There's no, gen- there's no um, genetic test um, to be able to de- determine that. And that is the idea that you have to have a misora uh, for the trees, the chazanish. Many, many of your esrogim say on it, uh, chazanish. Or they say on it, bedat. Okay, what is that? So why is there a kosher symbol on the fruit? Like, why do you need a kosher symbol on the fruit? Uh, so one is that they took trumos and if it grew in Israel, they took the ties, but that's not the main reason. 
Uh, the main reason is that when the when the Jewish people returned to the state to the land of Israel, not even the state of Israel, because it predated the state, when they returned to the land of Israel, they needed an affirmation on what trees were indeed authentic uh, esrog trees. Uh, and that was done by Rav Shmuel Salant, who went to Eretz Yisrael in the late 1800s, I believe, early 1900s, right? That's the Bedats. Um, when we speak about the Bedats, that was the first start of what we call the Bedats. That's the uh, Jews in Jerusalem with those funny coats, uh, colored, co- colorful uh, coats. Uh, that, would be that. that would be that original camp that came back. Um, and then the others would be that of the Chazanish. And that's why every box you'll see will say one of those two names if they're out of Israel, because that's where the trees originated from, right? You have to have a Mesorah. You have to have a tradition. Um, and that's part of the reason why you can't just go to the store and buy a citron. I mean, if you go over here, if you go to the nursery over here uh, a few blocks away, they sell citron trees. Right, so somebody went there, they planted it, and it grew. The only problem is that they didn't know this. Uh, they thought that they could use the esrogim, the poor person. The, the, so they lost out on both sides. One is they planted the tree. You can't take it out of your thing because it's a fruit tree. You're not allowed to, dis, you're not allowed to dig up a, a fruit tree. Uh, and it's not really worth much. You can't really eat the fruit. Because, I mean, you can eat it, but it's not worth much. It doesn't have much fruit to it. It's a shvacha fruit. Um, and you can't use it for, uh, for, um, for, for esrog, for um, sukkis. So they didn't, unfortunately, they didn't gain too much uh, from that experience, other than experience, uh, that uh, try to ask before you do something. The, the others, um, the, 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 other, the others, the, um, the Lulov and the, and the Hadassim and the Aravos, uh, those are a little bit easier. Hadassim also, um, you have to have, it's not so much you have to have a Mesorah, but you're, it's, it's, uh, you have to find one that actually works, that it's a triple leaf. Um, which is uh, not usual, the Hadassim that they sell in the United States, the, not that they sell to Jews, but uh, that they sold, that's grown, normally are not, are not really the regular um, Hadassim. Um, that's what generally comes from it. The easiest one, the Lulavs, um, it, it's not so much it's so hard to find, you just have to get one from the top of the tree, which is not so easy unless you have a forklift and you're going up to the top. Um, I will tell you something very cute, uh, true story. Uh, three years ago, I think it was, the Egyptians and the Jews were not talking. Uh, maybe it's more than three years ago. Whenever it was, whenever we had the, they, uh, because of the, the president. But whenever they had the, um, they, they th- overthrew Mubarak. So at that time, whatever years that was ago, if you remember, so then they threatened Israel, they would not sell them any lulavim. Right, they were going to get back at the Jews. They were, it was the Muslim Brotherhood. They were not happy. Uh, they were not friends of the state. And therefore, they threatened they were not going to sell them Lulav and Esrog. So everybody panicked. So the guy here, uh, the guy that's here in, in California, one of the largest suppliers uh, of Lulavim. So uh, what did he do? He was panicking. Uh, you know what I mean? Uh, what was he going to do? So he, he called. He called. He, he thought of this. He says he called Dole. Dole, I, I, if I remember correctly, I think it's Dole. Dole, Dole I think they own uh, um, the, the date trees in Arizona. Right? So he got a, somehow he managed to get a hold of the president of Dole. And he tells him, listen, I want to buy all of your palm fronds, little guys, on top of all your trees. And they have thousands of trees. 
<laughs> so he asked, what? He says, yeah, I need to buy it. Right? And he told, he says, yeah, they're worth money. He says, what's worth money? And they had a whole talk. It's fascinating. And uh, he, he took the, he bought from them. They worked it out and they've been doing it ever since. Uh, they worked out to buy all of the lulavs, the lulavim, uh, from that. And that's actually uh, a lot of our lulavim, at least from the shu, from the ones that are coming from me. Uh, that's where they're coming from. Right, uh, just a fascinating story. Just totally worthless piece of thing. Right, it was absolutely worthless. They had been selling it before. They had never used it before. But that was uh, thanks to our, um, our Egyptian brothers uh, that made it a lot easier to get Lulavim. Um, and because the Lulavim are, uh, are from here, they're from local, uh, they, they stay much fresher, they're much greener. Uh, and they're much easier to find uh, kosher ones from it. So just a funny how life uh, happens. Um, but again, so that's also, so, so therefore you find that. Now, in terms of you should have um, a basic knowledge of the, uh, f- of the lulav and estrog and what you're looking for. Um, or as it says, uh, it says, that the tradition is that you show it to somebody that's also familiar with it, right? To make sure that indeed it is kosher, right? Indeed it is kosher. Um, uh, and uh, that's how, how did I get into really I had no intention of selling of doing the Lulav and the Sragim the the yeah there's different there, there are different the Yemenite the Sragim are special the Carpe yeah. car, the, the um, in Greece I forgot the name there's a town in Greece uh, there's a little island in Greece that also has Cathay Cathay uh, but they also have a Sragim dating back a uh, Masorah of a thousand years that that's uh, where they took it um, so different fascinating uh, ideas of Esrog um, but really is how did I get into it because people showed me their Esrog and the Esrog wasn't the kosher Esrog so that's how I ended up but there are two things that I, I began to broker when I came here uh, after a few years uh, one was Esrogim Lulav and Esrogim because uh, the first year I was here people showed me I didn't want to say nothing I don't like to tell people uh, so I realized this is a problem so that's how we started uh, brokering Yisraelim, and then that I check each one. And then the second was mezuzahs. Uh, that was a bigger disaster than the Lulav and Esrig. At least the Lulav and Esrig, it was an authentic Lulav and Esrig. Whether it's kosher or not, I don't know. Uh, the mezuzot, when I, people used to bring me mezuzot, they were very nice. It was beautifully written on paper. One person brought a true story. Somebody brought me, a, 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 he brought me a beautiful case, and he says, Rabbi, here, can you check the mezuzah? I got it as a present. Somebody brought it back to me from, uh, as a present from uh, Israel, I think. It's a beautiful case. So I open it up. I open it up. It was the Ten Commandments. I kid you not. It was the Ten Commandments on paper. Right. So, you know, I understand if it's the Shema, at least get it right which one you're putting in. It wasn't even the Shema. Uh, so really, is, is that, that has to be the greatest fraud. The mezuzahs is probably the greatest fraud. Um, and a person has to really, you have to buy it from somebody uh, that you really trust. Uh, and uh, it's very, very important uh, because unfortunately, we've had many incidences over the years in, in the shul where people brought me things to check. Uh, most of the time, they were not good. So really, a person has to make sure that it comes from a person who uh, there is authenticity to its item. Well, I wanted to say that uh, we're always here to say college. Today is the, tonight is the 10th anniversary of my Dear brother-in-law, Davi Batsalvin. Speak over there because she can't hear you. Davi Cohen's tenth uh, yurt site. Remember, we heard it here. 
very Yashar man, tremendous Baal Tshuva, took on everything, did everything properly. As you said, he was a lemon. <laughs> he was a real, the real deal. The real deal. Those of you who know him, they know you know it's at least 10 years. So with that thought, uh, we'll say Kaddish.